Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Amen. We welcome pastors and other churches that are with us tonight, and we uh, are excited to uh, have everyone here, and we'll just see as the Lord leads tonight in the direction that is upward. Amen? Amen. So join us tonight as we uh, go to the top. And Pastor Linda is going to say a few words. Yes, good evening. We are really happy to have each and every one of you here. You know, Joe asked me to share this. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this. It's something that just came to to me a week ago. I heard somebody talk about this. And it's something called emergent... Emergent properties. I don't know if anybody's heard of this. It's a science term, the law of emergent properties. I'm not a scientist, believe me, but it kind of got my interest. And this is kind of what it means. It means that whenever there's a group, say, for instance, of molecules or insects or animals or people, when these these, uh, individuals come together in this group, they then develop properties that none of them would ever have individually alone. Take, for instance, ants. Now, an ant is a very simple insect, can't do very many things. But yet, isn't it amazing? When there is a group and a unity among these ants, they can achieve quite an elaborate civilization almost, which is quite efficient. And really, there's not like one ant who's saying, okay, you over there, I want three of you over there. I mean, it just, it happens. It's a life and an energy that comes from this group. You see it with with birds when they're flying like in a formation. When they're together, they have a greater endurance. They have, uh, they can cut through the powers of the wind in a greater way. They, it's almost as if, whether it was the ants or the birds, They become one unit with one mind. Well, why am I saying that tonight as we come together to worship the Lord? Because that's just an illustration in the natural, but in the spiritual. When the people of God come together to worship the Lord, there is something so dynamic and so real and so powerful that happens that, could, that does not happen when we're just individuals. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, the Bible even says, you know, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves, especially as you see the day drawing near, right? And so we know that we're living, brothers and sisters, we know we're living in a, in a war zone. Are we not? Turning on our news, reading our newspapers, we're living in a war zone. And there are destructive powers that, uh, that are in the atmosphere. The first century church put it this way. They said, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. In other words, he is the dominant force in the atmosphere. But God has a remedy, and that remedy is the church. It's the church. It's the people of God. It's you and me. You know, Psalm 22 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. I always thought about that as he inhabits my praise when I praise him. But I kind of see it differently right now. 
I think what it means is when God's people come together, God inhabits the praises. You know, worship is so central to the life of the people of God. So you know what? All week, you and I are out there, and we're, we've got these powers that are trying to bring us down into depression. The, the Bible says that uh, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Does anybody say amen to that? There's fear. There's depression. There's powers that want to take our commitment away from our commitment to the kingdom. So these powers uh, are all week, we're battling them. You know, we, we get hits all week, don't we? Well, you know what? When the people of God come together to worship the Lord, God does amazing things. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Do you know there is a cleansing tonight? You expect it. Tonight, as we begin to, you know, when the people of God come together with one purpose, with one focus, to lift him up and to worship him, God is able to do the miraculous things. He's able to cleanse us. How many of you feel like, I need to be cleansed tonight? I need to be cleansed and set free. God, does, God wants to heal us tonight. God wants to comfort some people in this place tonight. God is here. He is. He's here. He's here because we're here together, and God has given us a gift to the body our brother Terry, who is amazingly gifted. That's right. He's amazingly gifted by God to lead us into the presence. I don't know if there's any gift in the body of Christ more valuable to the body of Christ at this hour than that gift to take us to worship. Just let me leave you one picture before, we, before I hand the mic over to our brother. I want you to picture a big desert on one side. And on the other side, I want you to pick, picture a big river. And in the middle is a dam. But in the dam, there's valves that open and close. When we start to worship God in that, in that focus, and we lift our eyes, and we lift our hearts, and we take our attention off of everything around us, ourselves, our problems, and we all in, un, united lift our hearts and our eyes to God. It's those valves start to open in that, in that dam. And suddenly the river of God starts to flow through those valves and hit the desert. You know what? It's not just for you that we worship. Do you know that what is we start to worship something amazing is going to happen to, to your neighbor, your, your husband, your wife. As we start to worship, God starts to move in our midst and move in our midst, amen, in ways he can never do when we're just individually alone, amen. So we are so excited. Father, we just come to you tonight. As Joe already said, we're just so excited because we're so hungry for you, Lord. Lord, we're not here. We know that the body of Christ, as your people, we're not spectators. Lord, we're here because we're priests unto you to worship you and, and glorify you and to, to give you our energy, give you our minds, give you our hearts. Oh, Lord, in this hour, it's a joy to come with our brothers and sisters tonight. It's a joy to come and to lift our eyes to you. Holy Spirit, you come. 
And you're the one who comes and takes and makes the things of Jesus real to us. We need more of Jesus than we've ever had before. Father, we commit this time to you. We know that there are angels all around this room. Father, we, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come now. Spirit of worship, we ask you to come and be among us. And as we glorify our soon coming King, we ask it in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Your precious name. We're hungry for you, Lord. We're hungry for you. Amen. I'm about to hand the mic over to Terry. I found out that Terry was a child prodigy playing the piano at three years old. I can believe it. I can believe it. We walked in as they were setting up the room of the sanctuary this afternoon, and our brother just got up and put his hands on the keyboard, and we all just looked at each other. It was amazing, the anointing that, that is on him. Uh, I remember back in the, I think it was the late 90s, Terry, am I right? Uh, I heard about the Colorado Prayer Center. Uh, that's the other side of this country. And I heard about lunch with the Lord. As Terry started to minister, one hour, you correct me if I'm wrong, Terry, one hour at lunchtime, people would come, people would stand, be standing room only, and they would come just to worship God for that hour. And there were miracles, I understand. There were healings of all kinds. It was amazing what God did. So, brothers and sisters, we are so blessed to be able to introduce and ask our brother Terry Allman to come forward and minister to the Lord. Hallelujah.
Good evening, Middle Island, New York. It's great to be here. Great to be here. That's an old song from 1960. Anybody remember that way back when? Now I'm probably showing my age, but that's called the theme from Exodus. And the words of that are, this land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. And I like to play that over the cities. I like to play it over the nations. I always think of Israel when I play it. And I just, I love to just release the power and the presence of God through that type of music that is anointed. Hallelujah. <clears throat> All right. Come on, stand together.
a man walked up to me and he said I've had hepatitis C and it's gotten really bad and he said I don't remember what song it was that you opened with tonight but whatever it was when you sang it I felt this hot flooding heat go through my body and flush that out of me that is the power of a living God That is a byproduct of the presence of the Lord in a, in a service. That same presence, that same power is with us tonight. And I'm believing things to happen that you would not even imagine. He's real, folks. He's real. He hasn't lost any of his power. He's been waiting for tonight. It's been on the divine heavenly calendar since before you even bought the clothes you're wearing. He knew what seat you were going to be in. So all authority is yours tonight, Lord. For you are great. You do. You can be seated again. Now, just a word about tonight. Here's the rules. There's no rules. 
My favorite television character of all time is beloved Barney Fife. If you were to come to my house, you would see the Mayberry Studios. And three of my four walls in my office have all these black and white pictures of Andy and Barney. And, and Barney said, one of his most famous speeches, he said, here at The Rock, we have two rules. Number one, obey all rules. Number two, don't write on the walls. That was it. That's all there was. So tonight, please don't write on the walls. But beyond that, there's no rules. In other words, if, if I forgot to say stand together and you just feel like you need to stand because you're singing a song that's just making you didn't just stand. And if we've been standing a while and, and your legs are making things hard to concentrate on worship, then sit yourself down and continue to worship that way. If you need to come and lay down on the altar, I don't care. One lady in Pennsylvania, I, I invited people to the altar, and, and there, was, there was 30 or 40 people that came forward just worshiping for a while, and she just began to get touched by God, and she started saying, it's real, it's real. And every time she said it, she'd say it a little louder until she was screaming it, and she was about to run up on the platform. And they had to actually restrain her, but it was hitting her for the first time in her life. The reality of the blood of Jesus and, and the lordship of Christ. I asked the, the staff after the service. This was a, a church of about 900 people. It was jam-packed on a Sunday morning. I said, did you know who that lady was? And they said, yes, actually she was on our custodial staff in the church. And she got disgruntled and she left the church. And she, she didn't want anything to do with us or religion or anything else. And this is the first time we've seen her come back today. And she came forward, and God met her right there and changed her life forever. <laughs> Linda was talking about the World Prayer Center and, and the Wednesday noon gatherings that I did for six years there. And those testimonies just started coming from all over the place. People that were uh, from Lutheran churches would drive an hour, hour and a half to come and just walk into the freedom and things they would never do in their church like simply slipping up a hand and worshiping God became the natural thing to do. See, that's, that's, that's the liberty of the Holy Spirit. New Testament says where the Spirit of the Lord is, not just, I mean, not just we believe in Him, but He is there. He is welcome there. He is an authority there. That place has liberty. And so we had people coming in from Baptist churches and Methodist churches and Catholic churches and Jewish synagogues and you name it. Some people that hadn't been in church for 30 years started coming. And all we did was love on Jesus for an hour. Nobody preached. We didn't make announcements. We didn't even receive an offering. What was I thinking? We just loved on the Lord for an hour. And people started getting healed and marriages started getting put back together. Businessmen would receive five-year plans for their business as they just stood there. High school teenagers coming over during the lunch hour and just drinking. People started taking their vacations to come through Colorado Springs on a Wednesday so they could be with the Lord for an hour in this oasis. And I knew that it wasn't 
the minstrel. It wasn't the musician. It was the divine grace of God being poured out over a people saying, I just want your love. He said, Terry, he said, I don't want you to pray for anything for that hour. I don't want you to do anything but love on me. And that was the secret to so many people getting so blessed and so touched. Nobody would pray for them, but they would get healed of cancer. How can that happen? Because heaven was in the room. When heaven meets earth, earth changes. Just like that. It was exciting to watch. And some of you have the CDs that are out there somewhere. Well, many of them came from those meetings on Wednesday at the World Prayer Center. God started giving me songs. And um, that's where I began to sing, You Deserve the Glory. I didn't even write that song. He just used me to be a, a mouthpiece around the country for it. But many other songs, Holy Are Your Lord, and This Is the Time When True Worshippers Will Worship Him. Songs that just came right from the throne, just boom. And people started just entering into a depth of worship. And it was just wonderful to be a part of. And I want to see him do it again in, in places like Long Island where it just he can. He's just looking for a people. Hallelujah. All right. Can I teach you a new little chorus tonight? Yes? Okay. I'm going to sing it anyway, so it's easy. It goes like this. Father, after your spirit we follow. Father, into your presence. and free us from every change. 
Thank you, Lord, for just a comfort zone in your house tonight, just a freedom and a liberty. For those, Lord, who have never found that freedom, just, just draw them right in. I mean, just, just bring them right up on your lap tonight, Father, and let us together collectively, corporately feel those fatherly arms just come right around us and say, it's okay, Dad is here. It's going to be okay, son. It's going to be okay, daughter. I see what you're going through, but daddy's here. I'm going to make it okay. Hallelujah. It's what he does, isn't it? But we know that God causes all things to work together for good. You know what that means? That means you can be seated if you want to. That means... Not just the right choices of your life, but the wrong choices of your life. When you should have turned left and you turned right. See, the Lord, because God is love, he doesn't just love, he is love. I heard a uh, pastor the other night say, one thing God can't do, he can't stop loving you. He can't. It's who he is. It's his nature. It's like you and I breathing. He loves that easily. And so, because of that love, he goes to every situation. There's, there's two or three hundred people here tonight with three hundred different situations in your life. Some of you are on mountaintops right now. Some of you are in valleys. Some of you are experiencing victories. Others have just come through a failure or lost a loved one, and you're wondering why. But in every situation, the Apostle Paul said, we know one thing. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. Why did he say that? Because way back in the Old Testament, the Father said, I know the plans I have for you. And these are very good plans to give you hope and a future. So our friend Paul is looking back at that promise made by the Father himself. And he goes, look, folks, I don't know where you are or what you're going through, but we know one thing. Wherever you are right now, the Lord is rolling up his sleeves and saying, let's see what good I can bring out of this. Because it's what he does. It's who he is. It's exactly who he is. And so when you should have taken that move and accepted that job and you didn't and you realized a month later that it was the biggest mistake or maybe you took that job and it became the biggest mistake. I've had a couple of those. But when I realized it was the biggest mistake, I can also look back now and, and find about 10 things that God did during that season that he would have never done any other way. Why? Because he causes. He causes. It's not a coin toss. He causes good things to happen to his children. If you love him, if you're called according to his purpose, he's going to take every situation and make good out of it. And that brings me peace tonight. Because I've made huge blunders in my life. 
stepped in sin buckets deep, deep, deep. And yet he keeps loving me. He won't forget the destiny and the call that he's already put in our hearts. We point to a lot of different people in the Bible who really blew it. I mean, everybody seemed to in the Bible. Old and New Testament, they were losers, every one of them, it seems like. We, we deify them and sainthood them, but they were losers. Why did he do that? Why did he choose them? Because he knew what he was going to have to work with in 2013. And we look at Moses who killed somebody, and we look at David who committed adultery and then had somebody killed and lied and covered up and all that stuff. And, and, but I look, if you want to go to the worst of the worst, I just go to the Apostle Peter, who three times in about five minutes denied even being associated with Jesus. Now think about that. I've done some awful things in my life, but I have never denied knowing him, even being associated with him. That's bad stuff. Before that happened, the Lord simply looked at him, knowing this was coming, and said, by the way, Peter, you're going to fall. And it's at that point where you and I would have read him the riot act on all the mistakes he was making and all of his pride. Jesus simply says, you're going to fall. But when you get up, Pastor Joe, strengthen your brother. Strengthen the brethren. That's it. I mean, he was about to just do the unthinkable, and the Lord goes, when you get back up again, make those other ones around you stronger because of this. What love! And so on Friday, you've got Peter just denying Christ and all that mess. And a week later, who's leading the biggest revival in the history of the world? Peter to the rescue. Silver and gold have I none, but I'm going to give you something that's a lot better. Get up and walk. And there it was. And I thought, boy, I tell you what, that is the only lesson I need to really concentrate on as far as grace. Because if it was good for Peter, it's good for John and Susan and Mary and Terry. I'm amazed at the grace of God. But you see, all he has is clay pots. That's it. And we've all got cracks in us. We leak a little bit. And it's the grace of the Lord that brought me here tonight. It's the grace of the Lord that planted this church. It's the grace, the grace, the grace that gave you courage to receive him as Savior. No man calls him Lord except by the Spirit of God. That's grace. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm just happy as a lark tonight, however happy larks get. Best part of my life and... Um, and the love that God has given me is in my wife of two and a half years. Liz, will you just stand up? Like many of you, we've walked through some deep waters in our past. And, and um, it's covered by the wonderful blood of Jesus. And I'm just so grateful. And Liz has... Two children and four grandchildren, and, and I have three children and almost nine grandchildren. Nine coming next month. We're just trying to learn everybody's name. <laughs> and that's a task in itself. 
I get my own name wrong part of the time, so I mean, learning others is difficult, but we're so grateful for, for God's call and God's using us. Our calendar has never been more busy between now and the end of the year. We're in Europe, we're in South Africa, we're all over the United States. I'm hoping to record a new CD in the next several weeks with some new songs on it. And but that's because of one thing, because God's destiny is God's destiny, and nothing's going to stand in the way. As long as you keep running the race, he's going to keep working his work in you. That's all he asks. And a lot of times in your life and mine, he's more committed to his call on us than even we are. And you know that? It is the absolute truth. And um, so glory to God. May he just come. I love to come to New York. I, I, I was born in upstate New York. And I just love to minister in New York City. I'm always here for the Worship His Majesty uh, event in New York City and, and Manhattan, Times Square area. And, and uh, I, every time I come here, I always feel a connection with New York. And so I know that he wants me to do my little tiny part to impart his presence to New York. Amen? You probably didn't come tonight to hear me talk for an hour and a half. I like to talk about the goodness of the Lord.
the sound, hear the sound, hear the sound, have a need, just present it to her while the music plays. His anointing is all over this place.
sickness in this house tonight. I speak death to cancer cells in the name of the great physician, the one who conquered all of that on the grave. Conquered all of our sickness. He who knew no sin became sin. He himself bore our sorrows. By his stripes, we were healed. So I speak to arthritic conditions and I tell them to loosen up tonight in the name of Jesus. I speak creative miracles over this house tonight. I speak to back pain in the name of Jesus and I take authority over it. Vertebrae. center. It was one particular Wednesday when a father and son who had not spoken to each other for 30 years were drawn to the communion table at the same time as the Holy Spirit was moving in the house. And in 30 seconds, the great counselor healed a 30-year Tonight, the best thing you can do if you've got that odd in your heart is to open that bird cage and just to take that person out of that cage, representing a bird, and just release it into the air. You'll feel that burden be lifted off of you. Because we're in the presence of Jehovah.
hearts together again. Because I'm a restorer. you love him. You feel him all around tonight. It's good just not to be in a hurry and just let him do his work. I don't know your needs. He knows your needs. He knows exactly where you are. And he came to this service with a plan. I never know what it is. I don't know when, when and how he's going to move or minister. It's actually very nerve-wracking in a leadership position not to have a clue what you're going to do next. But he's very good at orchestrating services. He's very good at meeting you at just the right time. I'm amazed at him and his kindness. It's his kindness. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. the Lord. I love a family feel. Feels like family. How many of you are not from City on a Hill Church? Let me see your hands. Yeah, a bunch of you. It feels like family here, doesn't it? How many drove more than an hour to get here? I'm just curious. Anybody? Oh, a bunch of hands there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. What? Florida, that's more than an hour away, isn't it? You know, when we were ministering back at the World Prayer Center, there was a, a man that came up to me and he said, I live in Indianapolis, in Indiana, and I rode a bus two days to get here just for this hour. And I'm going back home two more days right after this. He said, it's been worth every single moment. You get, when you get thirsty enough, how far will you go when you get thirsty? When you get desperate for God, what will you do? And that's just all there is to it. When, when that divine bucket is just tipped over and just starts to spill out the glory of the Lord. I would tell people, I would say, you know, and I don't mean to keep revisiting this. It's just, I'm just sharing life. 
I would tell those people, I'd say, you're going to tell your grandchildren about this someday. Because, see, I was in that city for eight years and never anything happened. People stayed away from my ministry by the busloads. <laughs> but see, when the Lord just put his finger on me and said, okay, son, now it's time for your anointing to be released over this city. This is why I brought you here. It just wasn't in your time frame. It's in my time frame. I had to line everything up. I had to line the city up. I had to line your heart up. Everything has a season to everything. If you've got a call of God on your life and you haven't seen it come to pass yet, don't sweat it. He's going to do it. But when he does it, don't you want his finger on you instead of you just going all over the place? I mean, I've tried in vain to build the Lord's house and you labor your head off. You really do because it's not time. Nothing wrong with your heart. You've got to get the call of God to line up with the timing of God. It's a very important thing. Timing is so important in the kingdom. So I hope that's a word for somebody who's been discouraged because you've, got, you've had a word and you just thought, I thought this was going to happen. He spoke to me when I was 19 years old. He called me into the ministry at a picnic table in Crestwood, Kentucky. And he showed me a vision that night of leading thousands of people with their hands lost in worship. And you know what? At the time, I was an organist in my church. We didn't even know what worship was. We sang songs out of the songbook, Pastor. That was the song service. That's what we did. You know? Just over in the glory land. <laughs> we did that. That was song service. More or less an exercise that we committed every, every Sunday morning for about 20 minutes. So when I was at the ripe old age of 19 and God shows me this vision of leading thousands of people. And I saw it so clearly and I wasn't one given to those kind of pictures. Okay, now that was like 1974 and then fast forward to 2001, 81, 27 years later. I got a call to come and minister at a Benny Hinn crusade. Because Benny had heard the CD and it just did so much for his life. He bought it for his staff and said, would you come to my next crusade? I hung up the phone from Benny and I started thinking about it. And God goes, you remember 1974? Because I do. And I'm going to fulfill the vision I gave you when you stand in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I went to that crusade and I started to sing this is the time when true worshipers and I looked out a few minutes later there was about 19,000 people there lost in the presence hands in the air there was a fog in the place it was such a moment people singing the song of the Lord times 19,000 God goes there it is boy I haven't forgotten so if, if I was in the flesh, I would have gone, well, man, you showed me that. Now, where's it? why isn't that happening? There's a time. wasn't time in 1974 in Terry's life, for one thing, let alone the body of Christ. But in due season, everything is going to come to pass that he has birthed in your life. Amen? Do you believe it? Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. 
For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.